coming to you live from inside the globe, perched high atop the Bugle Planet building in sunny Gotham City. It's Hey Kids Comics with two guys who are always ready to seduce the innocent, your hosts, Andrew Farmer and the Jedi Cole Houston. And now it's time for Hey Kids Comics. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. This is Comics. <laughs> Why do you want to record me? Uh, <laughs> it is Batman. With a side of spaghetti. <laughs> are you at Bat Fazoli's? Where are you? Do you have Fazoli's in Texas? I think we did at one time. The name sounds familiar, but I honestly... It's like fast, casual uh, Italian food. Yeah, um... <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure Batman has it in Gotham. Oh, uh, yeah. There's, there's definitely uh, Fazoli's in Gotham. I mean, Batman really loads the, up on the fast food. I mean, he has a lot of pull in Gotham. You know, Bruce Wayne has a lot of pull in Gotham. So I'm imagining that okay. every... They're, they're like all down in Waco and Tyler. Weird. Weird. But I, I've seen them. So the name sounded too familiar, but that's yeah, I wonder if, like, probably irrelevant to what we have uh, on the plate for today. I wonder if somebody, um, it's it's not, but it doesn't matter. I wonder if somebody uh, was like a like a transplant that opened a franchise down there or something. We well, see that I up want, here sometimes. I want the chicken carbonara combo. <laughs> Free breadsticks. Keep them coming. Uh, it is Batman. We're, we were recording this uh, on the Brought pos- you by posthumously like a day after Batman Day. Uh, it is Batman week. Posthumously. Posthumously. God damn it. That's our show, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Posthumously Batman Show. I want to do that show, Cole. I want to do that <laughs> podcast where you record until you That's hit right. the best possible pun, and then you just hang it up. You walk <laughs> That's away. right. Happen in five minutes. It can happen in three hours, but you just, keep just going. looking for a, a pun. You keep going until you find it's like a... <laughs> like my dinner with andre but uh puns so we're gonna talk about batman nothing nothing set in stone we this wasn't planned but you know there are i was just thinking about batman because <laughs> that's what i do and there are a lot of versions and iterations of batman since you know the beginning of batman that you know are often so I guess that's my first question of of tonight. By the way, I'm Andrew. That's Cole. Oh, yeah. uh, heads, Welcome hey, to Hey Kids. Kids Comics, by the yeah. way. Yeah, I think I said it at the top. Oh, you may have, yeah. I don't even know. Um, so what makes – so you've got all these guys that have created Batman, Cole, like over time, right? you got everybody. you got your Alan Davises. you got your uh, – you, you know, you're, you're Bill, of course, you're Bill Fingers, uh, BillFingerBang.com, rest in peace. Uh, you've got, you know, all the way up to today with, like, guys like Tom King. And um, what are the rules? What do you think the editorial rules are when you when you get Batman? Was Tom King the, that's not unusual to be loved? Yes. <laughs> yes. He is currently, the Welsh crooner is oh, currently yes. writing Batman <laughs> comics. They're weird. They're weird. What goes up? Um, what are the rules? What are the editorial mandates that you have to follow? Like you have all the freedom in the world, except for these four things. You've got to do these four things. If you've got Batman, you've got to keep these in mind. Like what? Yeah, are those well, certainly things? I think that number one is, uh, no more guns. <laughs> it used to be no guns, but pet ants kept pointing out that, you know, the, that's 
he still used guns. You can't say no guns because he's used them. Well, so it's, no more guns. Well, it's like when you read the back of a uh, like a like a shampoo bottle that says you know must be used externally or something on it. Yeah, exactly. There's a reason for that for that to be on that bottle, and I think that per reason for Batman is probably Frank Miller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that occasionally there's another rule, which we'll get to in a minute, uh, about – well, we'll just get to it right now. Um, sure. That um, no uh, – I'm a goddamn Batman. <laughs> no more of that. We don't. Yeah, widely. I, I think that – I don't think Frank Miller got the rules. No, he – Frank Miller makes rules. <laughs> I don't mean that he makes his own rules. I think that he does things that then causes rules to be made. Right. It was like this, you know, cartoon I saw years and years ago where there was a, a storefront and this flying object, um, you know, propeller helicopter thing was crashing through the window that was covered in signage um, about sort of house rules. Okay. You know, something about, you know, no uh, – remote controlled flying apparatus sign was being considered or something like that, or the, the origin of this next sign. And I think that Frank Miller is that flying dingus. Yeah, I mean, he certainly is a flying dingus. I'll give, I'll, I'll say that he, um, yeah, I think it's why widely... some good flying dingus. Like my question for you is, okay. So Frank Miller, Fettuccine and ravioli bank. Like nobody can deny that 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 Frank Miller was very influential at a certain point in creating comics and and, and driving narrative, right? I think I think everybody can accept that fact. But at some point, you gotta look at the guy and be like, "We're not, we're just not gonna give you any work anymore. <laughs> like we can't do it anymore. You made Batman smack Robin and yell, 'I'm the goddamn Batman.' You're. You... Well, I, I think there are are. He's fallen to sort of the uh, Tom Clancy or the uh, Silence of the Lambs guy. Okay. He's fallen into this purview. And what I mean by that is that after you become horrendously successful as an author in prose, your last three to four books in the modern era are just, you know, they they basically don't bother reigning you know, they, they don't have an editor, in it, essentially. Okay, yeah. Like, Tom Clancy no longer has an editor. <laughs> sure, sure. I'm, I, I, yes, I'm with you. I know what you're saying. He, he, there's no longer anyone checking his work. It just comes that, in and goes straight to the printer. And, and someone told me, made that statement about, I think it was Rainbow Six, or maybe one of the even further ones down the line. But, you know, I, I followed Lee Child's... Uh, Jack Reacher book. No. The, uh, yeah. Jack Reacher uh, Watch 2020. I, I, I read about a dozen or more before I, I stopped because the the outrageous plot lines were beginning to become so tenuous, even the Avengers would walk away from them. <laughs> I loved, by the way. If it was murderous Avengers. When you get to it, and, and I don't know when that'll happen, but when you... When you get to uh, the episode, because, through, through your re-listen, where you reveal to our audience your love of Jack Reacher, <laughs> let me know because that was 15 minutes of gold. Of you just <laughs> Jack Reacher, just your love of Jack Reacher was great. 
Oh, they were there. There's some fine, fine books there. And uh, in fact, ironically, um, Catherine and I watched uh, Never Go Back last night. Is that the one with Colby Smulders? Yes, it is. It's okay. like, uh, you know, she's, she's kicking ass uh, uh, Agent uh, Colby Smulders style. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. She's just Agent Colby Smolders. How I Met Your Smolders is just out there kicking ass. God bless her. God, you know that's a great. She has a great uh, career arc. That one. Good for her. Um, yeah, absolutely. Playing but, essentially the same character in every film, except for How I Met Your Mother, which. Oh, okay. It's sort of a you know high action uh, Demi Moore. <laughs> It's like everything we wanted in G.I. Jane. Hi. Hi. What is this show? <laughs> is this Martian Manhunter all over again? I've become Ozzy Osbourne in Osbourne's Want to Believe. You're just, you're just aimlessly meandering. Oh, well, you know what's going on there is that whenever the Bigfoots come out into the mountains, that's when people will... <laughs> it's just you're meandering just pinballing through like <laughs> it's so great it's like the beginning of an episode of nova um <laughs> it's wonderful uh yes no i yeah i frank miller should should not be allowed to make comics anymore i think is the point we were trying yeah. to make um, but as far as your fast and true doctrines yeah um uh, I think that, um, you know, I think you can pretty well count on, uh, you know, the no guns is one that, that gets introduced early into his career and by and large, like I said, eventually becomes no more guns. Right. And, um, it, it's kind of beyond that. It's, uh, oh, well, I, I think that only on occasion do you give up the bat cave to others it happens like once every you you, you vicky veil it <laughs> yeah. you're allowed to do it from time to time sure just don't do it all the time actually two of my two things i want to bring up later involve uh vicky veil in it at least two maybe more uh one of the the key tenets is uh alfred outliving aunt may <laughs> sure <laughs> and, and also uh constantly retrofit alfred's history oh yeah oh oh yes he has to have humble beginnings as a very uh downton abbey type butler it's sure. like mr carson with an american accent and no staff he probably scoffs every time he watches pbs <laughs> i do that all myself <laughs> Son of a bitch. Not only that, but I have to stitch a guy up every night. I don't That's see that right. happening on here. Yeah, but you have to punch up his his capabilities. You know, he went from just being a, a stately butler to being Q. He not yeah, he went from being a stately butler to being Q slash uh House slash house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Q and House it's and um wow. And uh, he has his own show on HGTV where he flips houses. Um, He can. Property butler. He can. (laughs) Nice. Nice. (laughs) 
God damn it, Alfred. We've said it before on this show, we'll say it again. Just the most unsung hero in any comic book. Jarvis had, didn't have to deal with this shit. Jarvis wasn't flying drones. That's right, yeah, he didn't have to... Uh... Worst case, somebody would break into Avengers Mansion. He would have to fight them with an old Hoover. Yeah, and then he'd eventually, like, he'd he'd get captured because he's because he's Alfred. He'd oh get yeah, captured. Uh, the, the times that uh, you know, stately Wayne Manor has been invaded, and and Alfred the Butler has uh, has fought them off because <laughs> he just has one of those British fox hunting jackets hanging up on the like beside the mantle. One of those quilted, right. uh, along with like a like three just twelve gauge single load shotguns just hanging out in the house. Like uh, what was the Bond movie where you run into his Alfred Butler? Oh yes, and what was that? Uh, the world is not enough. Or it was Gold one of the. Gold. It was one of the. Uh, yeah. It, it was not it the world is not enough. It was, enough. One it after was uh, Casino Royale. Yeah. Whereas by like the old ways are best, and he's carrying a giant like Bowie knife and a, you know a a, a, a got the elephant gun from back in the nineteen forties. These secret underground tunnels that lead out to the. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, and, and then uh, Hunchback, uh, Hunch, uh, uh, Staggletooth Hunchback comes up there, and he's like shouldering all these uh, double barrel shotguns, and he's got a big old. Uh, kind of wicker basket full of uh, shells. <laughs> and he's, he's like Alfred's loader, like they're going to go out and hunt pheasant or some shit. <laughs> I mean, you're not... The thing is, like, that wouldn't be out of character. That could 100% happen. He's got one of those little fox hunting trumpets <laughs> with the tassels. See, I, I agree, yes. You've got to have... You, you, you've got to have no guns. You've got to have somebody getting, you know, getting access to the Batcave, usually for nefarious means. Yeah. It doesn't happen. The funny thing is, when it happens for nefarious means, they're always, they always play it up as this big shocked thing. When it happens for non-nefarious means, when it happens because you're like, I want to show you my Batcave, or I've got to bring you in because you got, you got shot, and I got to have Alfred stitch you up. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's what I do. No, not the shotguns, Alfred. I'm sorry. (laughs) They're never shocked to be in the Batcave. Nobody's ever, like, has a heart attack because this... I think everybody's pretty sure there's a Batcave. Have you ever been there? No, but I'm, like, 99% sure there is one. (laughs) See, for me, one of the things that, that just has to happen... I've been reading a lot of recent Batman books, um, getting caught up on, uh, on like the DC Rebirth stuff up into up into now, and regardless of whether it's street level crime, Batman, you know whether it's uh, whether it's he's going after Black Mask or the Penguin for something, or whether he's like somehow fighting new gods, you know, regardless of which end of the bat spectrum you get, you've got to have what I'm now referring to as huge Burris, which is <laughs> hubris but on a bat's Batman scale. Like every every major story arc, you know, every twelve month kind of overarching story arc, which is what you, these guys are usually hired to, um, which are what these guys are usually hired to um, to write in now. You you got to have one major Huberian moment um, for Batman to look back on his actions and 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 realize the error of his ways for for whatever you know thing that might be. 
So for <laughs> me, that's one. That that's definitely one of them that falls into my category for what makes a Batman. I, I think that that's absolutely true. Yeah, you can't have Batman without guilt. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Either you know bearing the unnecessary guilt of losing his parents, or uh, you know, like he could have done anything at that age, to sure. just you know, for whatever reason, uh, you know, seriously rethinking his actions. Uh, <laughs> but okay, okay. So I, I mean, that's some good Batmaning, right? Like, like I think that, that we're kind of getting somewhere. And and then I started thinking about like all of those comics that I'm reading and and all the new stuff that that's out there and and how oddly reminiscent. So I got another question for you, and this is not even a DC. This isn't even a Batman necessarily like like a Batman oriented question. This is more about the DC universe. Yeah. Whatever happened to Elseworlds? I think, you know, that that's a, a tough one because, you know, whatever happened to anything, uh, really. But I think in the end, Elseworlds uh, sort of died of a theory. Okay. I think it, you know, there, there was a time when Elseworlds was a really cool idea. And I really feel like over time... Uh, it just sort of fell out of favor. I would dare say because it just stuff got dumb. But I, so, they were trying so hard to yeah. have so many Elseworlds that you know Elseworlds inflation began to set in. And so have we? But did we graduate as? So we had to have Elseworlds to delineate between. What was happening in, in in main continuity because we had you know pedantic freaks like me, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> you know, well Batman Batman was a knight or Batman was a pirate, you know, or Batman. So we got okay, we've got to call this. Well, he was a sculptor, but then again, no. <laughs> God, fuck or a you. man who I hate potions so in a traveling show. <laughs> I... I know it's not This is my song. It may sound quite simple, but why do you want to kill me? Um, now this gun. Why do you want to kill me? God damn it! For a show that's unplanned, guys, this right here, this is where the magic is happening today. Yeah. This is fresh magic made daily. <laughs> this isn't a travel magic. Show. <laughs> That was good. I just want to go on record and say that was that was solid work. Um, but have, but did we? He was a pawn of poet, or a puppet, a popper, a poet, a pawn, and a king. It's an up, <laughs> down, over, and under, and he knows one thing um, that he is the knight. Um, but why? But so now we don't have Elseworlds, but we have a ton of Elseworlds books. Right, we have books like uh, like all the black label stuff. We've got the White Knight and the Batman Damned, and um, and then we've got you know uh, weird Batman stories over here that are like you know maxi series or, or, or mini series. But we don't have to call them Elseworlds anymore. Exactly, I think it's almost got to the point where you're right. We just we don't have to go to the trouble any longer. Do you think we just we we accept it now? Is that just the way it works? Yeah, I think that we. There's probably been an editorial decision that we don't have to have some sort of outside labeling. Okay. To 
distinguish that, say, the Batman who laughs isn't Batman. Okay. Isn't the Batman that you've been reading about for the last 10 years. And I, I think, in a way, it's almost as if to say that we're, uh, we're willing to accept a certain degree of intelligence on the part of our audience. Okay. Uh, what was it? Uh, Michael Price had that great uh, phrase of presupposing the intelligence yes. of your audience. And I thought, I thought, God bless you, you've articulated <laughs> a handful of words exactly what I've struggled to, uh, to find a way to express. I, I, I think that the audience grew up a little bit, and now you can do that. Because it used to be yeah. we, had to, we had to have you know, an Elseworlds you know, outside of the 52 Earths to tell these stories. And now it's just like, okay, we're, you know, we, we don't have to have that anymore, which I, I'm thrilled with. Um, so that's so because a lot of the most interesting Batman takes and the takes closest to Batman, I think are, um, are those outside stories. Cause you know, I also found out that, uh, Washington Irving named Gotham named New York Gotham. Okay. I, I, I knew that Gotham was a, a nickname for New York that goes back a ways. And it means uh, basically goat town. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it means basically goat town. And it means goat town because he said that uh, everybody there was, you know, an asshole, basically. It was ill-tempered. Uh, and, okay. Yeah, so so he just named it goat town. So and it's a nasty old billy goats. Okay. Nasty. Yeah, yeah. Just a little, just a little side note. Uh, Perhaps maybe he was mistaken for Goat Town. He was more enthusiastic, like Go Town, <laughs> or it was some weird, uh, you know, seventeenth-century uh, amusement park. That... I remember Town. <laughs> I think it was it Oscar Wilde uh, had a season pass. <laughs> I bet he did. I bet he did. Ye old season pass. Ye old season pass. Season. They only had three seasons back then. Did you know? Yes, they did. <laughs> it was very awkward. A lot of people complained, and eventually a fourth one was ratified. <laughs> Just, all right, all right. What are... I, it was winter, spring, and splunge. And splunge. And so they, they later broke splunge into... Uh, to autumn and uh, and summer, even though they were opposite each other, it was it was weird. It took a lot of shuffling. They really they they not only did they really break. Oscar them Wilde up, was a consultant. I bet I bet you Oscar Wilde came up with the name Splunge. <laughs> I did because it means literally nothing. Um, <laughs> uh, so the real reason I wanted to do this show is because I'm always curious, especially with you, to know what your favorite. And we've never had this conversation before, really, and in, in, in which is which is weird because you'd think we would, but like I want to know your definitive Batman, or at least your definitive Batman, like your creators, your artists, yeah. your people that oh, really absolutely. defined Batman, which was the which was the real impetus for the show. I don't know what's happened in the last half hour. But I'm not entirely certain, and when I, I do it. catch up to this point in my re-listening, I'm going to. Even though it'll be more recent than, say, the earliest episodes, I'm still going to be aghast at the things that came out of my mouth. I'm, I'm just happy that it happened. I don't know what <laughs> happened, but I'm happy that it did. But that's my 
like they can be recent, they can be you know w- way back in the way back machine. But like, who are your like? What defines Batman for you? We have defined Batman. We we we've done at least twenty issues of this podcast on defining. Oh, absolutely, Batman. And, and Batman is like a uh, becomes the argument of you know your definitive Batman becomes a James Bond on steroids kind of argument. Sure, uh, I'm a Connery man. Always Lazenby. will be. Suck it. <laughs> what? I had a, a story idea where a character had come out of a coma and had only ever seen Her Majesty's Secret Service. <laughs> and was a died in the wool lazy man. <laughs> it's like uh it's like what was that uh what was that Beatles movie where only the, the, the all the Beatles music only exists in that one guy's oh, head? Oh, uh, yesterday. Yeah, it's like yesterday, except it's called Lazenby. <laughs> and the right. James Bond. I don't know who you're talking about. I... <laughs> Who's Sean Connery? James yeah. Bond is Lazenby. <laughs> he just gets well, killed. He gets hell's... wicker-manned. Where the hell is Telly Savalas with the Spock ears? <laughs> I I want to really lead on the fact that you you just said Telly Savalas. Like you're from, <laughs> like you're from Philadelphia. Where's Telly Savalas? <laughs> God damn it. I like to watch Telly Savalas movies when I'm eating my chowder. Are you sitting out right? Are you screaming to me in Boston right now? What you... We're going to go have a clam bake or a, a lobster roll. Telly Savalas in Lobster Squall coming to facts. For me, I think, honestly, the definitive Batman is Neil Adams. Okay. Neil Adams Batman is the most Batman Batman of every Batman that was ever Batman. That's I think he I think I, I know I'm going to catch a raft of shit about that, but I'm I don't think you will because I think it's I I you know it was Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams decoded, you know, they they decoded the Batman genome. Yeah. By which everybody else has based their Batman on, you know, I think if you, I think if you're looking at the big ones, you know, you got your, you got your Bill Finger and your, you know, your Bob Kane, right? That's, oh, yeah. and, but I don't think until O'Neill and Adams, you had another creative team that influenced the characters, set him on a course to become what Batman is now, generationally. You know, he's the, they, they did for Robert Redford what Brad Pitt did for Robert Redford. <laughs> Decode that one, baby. Make that happen. Exactly. And I, I just, to me, Adams understood the way the human body moves wearing tights and a giant cape. Now, when it comes to capes, speaking of capes, we we must not forget the king of cape, Norm Brayfogle. <laughs> okay, hit me with this. Norm Brayfogle was the spawn cape oh. Batman before uh, I'm sorry, McFarlane was in diapers when Norm Brayfogle was spawning Batman's cape. <laughs> okay. Let's let's just be frank about it. Alright. I'm here for this conversation. So, yeah, Norm Brayfogle uh, added an extra 60 yards to every Batman cape. Uh, 60 yards that Tattered edges of which had lives of their own. It had oh, more scallops yeah. than the seabed. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm now looking at 
Yeah, okay, there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So like this is definitive like Batman cape. It's almost it's almost like the Batman cape is is, you know, is a Venom symbiote at this point. Norm Gray Fogel's Bray Fogel's Batman cape. I'm exactly. Yeah, he was there was always an abundance of cape. It was like a, a royal wedding gown train. <laughs> and, uh, Robin was like a at the end of the the cape they're holding it like the the girl at the a really frou frou wedding. <laughs> no, yeah, and there are definitive Norm Brayfogel images. You know, like the one of they're on a ledge, like the one that I saw the the very first one I saw that was like, oh, oh, that's who he is. Is the one with uh, Robin? They're on a ledge, and there's a spotlight on him, <laughs> and 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 Batman's cape is three fourths of the entire image. <laughs> yes, okay, I'm with you now. I know where we're at. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, also, I mean, I think you're right. Also, because of you know, Denny O'Neill. And what he wrote into every comic book character's DNA in DC during that time period. But Batman, I'm not even going to say especially. I almost said especially, but I can't say that because yeah. we, we've discussed his work on Green Lantern and Green Arrow. Like, he was just, he was a grounded visionary. And you give a, you give a guy like him a character like, like Batman or like uh, Green Arrow. And, you know... There's an understanding. Also, also Denny O'Neill was the first guy to really understand that Gotham was a character in Batman. Um, exactly. And that's huge. I'm uh, speaking of. I, I'm going to go off topic real quick. But speaking of um, guys who can write really kind of street level grounded, uh, a guy that I do want to do a show on at Creator Spotlight at some point is uh, Chip Zdarsky. Not only is he just kind of. Not only because we haven't said Chip Zdarsky's name in God knows when. Right. But not only is he the uh, Thomas Lennon of comic books, <laughs> but I'm reading his uh, – he writes Bat- he, or he writes Spider-Man just amazingly. But I'm reading his um, – Chip Zdarsky reminds me a lot of Denny O'Neill now that I think about it. But I'm reading his uh, his Daredevil run from this year. And there was one scene, and it completely blew my mind. And and it's something I think that you will absolutely love. Is he gets into a fracas? Uh, just just long story short, gets into a fracas. You know, accidentally uh, kills a guy by punching him. You know, it was it was manslaughter at best. But the entire yeah. story arc is about how you deal with that, and especially being as Catholic as Matt is. You know how you how you rectify that. All of his. You know, all of his friends are coming to him and talking to him about it. So, you know, you got your Power Mans and your Iron Fists and those and Spider-Mans and those guys. But um, at one point, he's in jail. He's in the back of the uh, paddy wagon going, you know, from the from the holding cell to the jail itself. And, uh, you know, someone frees him from this. He blows it up and frees him. It turns out to be Frank Castle, of course, who's super amped at the fact that that uh, Daredevil is killing guys now. Yeah. And he, and so, like one. One guy. One, one guy, Frank. One yeah, guy, you that's, asshole. That's not a trend. But there was a scene where, you know, he gets, you know, during the during the escape, gets messed up pretty good by the cops. I think he gets shot um, in the shoulder or something. So Frank's doing surgery on him when he comes to, you know, Alfred style. And uh, he... Probably took him to Alfred. He probably did, but you know, uh, Matt's get Matt's, you know, having an argument with Frank and leaving 
and Matt just grabs a shirt and puts it on. And then, you know, it storms out and leaves. And he's back at his apartment in the next panel where, you know, Power Man and Iron Fist and all these guys have come to, you know, either talk to him or bring him in or talk him down from the ledge or whatever. And he's wearing a Punisher shirt. Yeah. Because, of course. He can't, exactly. He can't. He's blind. He doesn't know what shirt he's wearing. <laughs> I thought that was the most genius. I've never seen That's... it before. I've never seen it. He's wearing, well, and they're all like, and they're like, oh, is this how far we've gone? You're wearing that shirt? And Matt's like, what shirt? <laughs> I don't know what shirt. I, you know, what are you like, talking about? No, you're about? fine. I'm sure your body can till, still tell you're wearing a shirt. Oh, I, I don't know. Yeah, think. he's like, he's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're wearing Frank's shirt. And, and, he, and he's like, it, it it was just such a uh, an interesting thing about you know Daredevil. Yeah, he's got these superpowers. He might as well be able to see you know 360 degrees or you know all of that stuff. But he can't see that he's wearing Punisher. It was just a great. It was a great. It was a oh, great. Oh, that's panel. brilliant. Yeah, it was uh, well done. It was very. It was well done. speaking of apparel, and, and in all honesty, it was either that or the banana slug shirt from uh, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> yes. You know, they, they were right next to each other, 50-50 That's what Punisher, Punisher, when he's at the house, when he's relaxing, he's got that, uh, he's, he's and got then that the line would have been like, like, Daredevil, what are you, you look like a dork. He's got that Speedo on from, uh, that swimsuit issue in that, uh, banana slush shirt. <laughs> exactly. Damn it. Damn it all. What were you going to say about apparel? Well, speaking of apparel, uh, one, one thing that, uh, not necessarily in apparel per se. The, the connection isn't apparel, but Batman and Wolverine have an artistic connection. Okay, I'm here for this. And that is, we'll, we'll look at Wolverine first, so you, you'll understand where I'm headed with Batman. Is that Wolverine's infamous claws, be they metal or bone, but mainly metal, back before they were bone, dozens of artists took a swing at the character. Right. And almost all of them depicted his claws in a different way. I always felt that John Byrne visually got it right. They always looked like they were claws, like they were a tubular, symmetrical, tapering down to a fine point type of claw. Uh, others have depicted them anything from uh, coat hanger wire in the Spider-Man and his amazing friends to fork tines on the cover of a Marvel team up. If I remember <laughs> correctly. And it was Frank Miller, of course, who introduced the easy to draw, hard to resist Katana. Yeah. And Batman has a similar kind of uh, artistic, license, if you will, with his cowl. He's had everything from the tiny little Catwoman uh, 60s Batman uh, henchman type hat. Yes. Ears. Almost to the point where, the, yeah, where there, you really have to squint to see there's any points at all, that it's not just a complete helmet kind of look. To, you know, Birds flying 10 feet overhead have to be careful not to put their eyes out. Yes. So, you know, where where do you stand on uh, what length or level? Uh, where, do, where do your preferences lie in uh, bat ears to bat horns? <laughs> There's the – so I like, again, I, I think that my 
my obsession with Batman probably started right around the, the Denny O'Neill time. That would have been right yeah. when I, and the, and the Neil Adams Batman. And that, and that's, that's, you know, when I came of, of Batman age and started really paying <laughs> attention to Batman. Um, and I think that that's sort of the, the definition for me where, you know, we've got, we've gotten obsessed with reality in, in recent years, we've gotten obsessed with making things look like they could exist in, in our. Yeah. How would they, how would you realize this in the physical world? Right. Especially with the, you know, the, the influx of, of your arrow TV shows, you know, on up through, you know, the, the Netflix series. Now, now every time you see a daredevil, I was just reading it, you know, it's got to look like the, you know, the suit from, it can't be just a, a one piece red, you know, seamless jumpsuit that who cares? Can't be a romper. Right. Who cares? You know, how or why? And I think that for me, that's the cowl that I really like. The ears are the right length. Um, and, you know, you can't tell it, where the cowl, you know, why the cowl keeps its form. Who cares? It's just on the head. Um, and that's that's the, the ear length I like. Like the ear length, if you it was realized by McFarlane Toys recently in, in their uh, in their line of of action figures, their seven inches is this uh, Batman from the video games, Batman. OK, which you know, there are these guys that draw the, this, the huge, you know, Batman like uh, ear horns that go that are that are three and four feet long. And I think that a lot of times those are used um, for cover art or or things like that. You know, one off type stuff. It's a realization like a like a Milo Minara style <laughs> uh, realization of, of just, you know, something. Um, but that one from the video game, those things are like a foot and a half long and and not only, you know, do you get that, like, like, you know, it's, that's the, that's the version of Batman that that is. And I'm well, just sort of like the, you know, are we going like Tim Sale? Are we going? <laughs> right. Right. But I do like the stubby. Steve Rude ones. who favors the, the smaller ones. And... Yeah. I do like stubby. I do like stubby, um, stubby horns. I am a fan of stubby horns. Um, you know, the Adam West slash, uh, Ben Affleck. You know, like like that kind of stub where it's because at some point, you know, I get that Batman needs to strike fear into the heart of Gotham. Yeah. But you, you've also got to like it has to at least to some extent be be realistically tactical. And I think at some point these giant ass horns just don't get the job done. <laughs> <laughs> and again, that's where I'm such a Neil Adams man, because if you look at Adams he has these the horns are about nine inches, maybe, yeah, they're just there's this perfect balance that's struck that you know puts it but somewhere between a a a fox bat and a uh, and and satan well and, and if you start looking at things like uh, the big john Beatty uh John Beatty Batman from like the mid nineties those are where you get those horns that that almost come up and touch. They're so long. Yeah. At the top, and I'm like, no, no, don't do it's it. It's almost uh, like the like sometimes when you see an orca and the, the the dorsal fin is too long and heavy and starts to curl back yeah. on itself. Yeah. Uh, Dale Cohen used to do that Batman too, but the, you know the, that's what you would expect from him. 
like, you yeah. know, that that's that's an expectation. That's an artistic choice that you get, like, um, like when you get a, a Sienkiewicz or something like that. You know, oh, okay, I know what we're doing here. This is, you know, this is a. This, but as a mainstream book that's going to run, let's say, three or four years, I just don't see those Batman, <laughs> Angus, you know, beef horns doing anybody any good at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you that, yeah. I do like that you brought up the horns. That's a good choice. What about, okay, all right, if you're going to bring up horns, I'm bringing, since we're just having a freewheeling, fancy free show here. All right. Uh, I'm going to ask this question. What about the, um, what about the chest symbol? Who's, that's who's a, yeah reigns supreme? Yeah, that's a tough one because it's been everywhere from, you know, kind of a, a circular dead center right between the pectoral muscles to spreading across the entire chest cavity. <laughs> right, uh, oftentimes it's a big, it's, small, different colors. Draping tail that goes almost to the navel. Uh, sometimes inexplicably, hey, here's a good target. Uh, Right. You know, bright yellows to uh, I think one of the ones I really like uh, that is a more modern version that also invokes it kind of winks at the past. And it's a pretty widespread like nipple to nipple bat wings. Okay. uh, Which was uh, that was my third album. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say. Oddly enough, it was Jim Croce covers. It was live, I, right? Yeah, you did it live. live. Uh, started out as a TED Talk, but we, we went a different route. Okay. <laughs> we actually made a lot more money on the app than we would have on the TED Talk circuit. Uh, but it it's this bat, this emblematic bat that is bordered in yellow. So it is a black bat with a yellow border. Okay. Almost like a bat mat, if you will. I like that. I, I, I that that has been realized um, a few other times. At least I think probably in in pat, you know, like like as an homage or at least a takeaway from that. And that is a good one because you're keeping it classic, um, but you're also updating it in a way that doesn't make it because the big the big yellow bat symbol on your chest. I, it's it, what we would have to call problematic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you are built on stealth in the night, and I get... Okay, so here's where I get it. You almost need two costumes. I get it if you're running with the Justice League, right? I get it if if you're, if, if you're the guy on your right is floating six inches off the ground and has a blue and red suit on, and Wonder Woman's standing to the left of you. You know, I get the, the need to be a little more flashy. Yeah. But, but you know, taking down... Uh, thugs at the iceberg lounge i don't see that being that threatening yes it well you know it it's like the uh nathan lane in the birdcage one does it want a hint of color it is exactly like nathan lane in the birdcage um, <laughs> god damn what is going on with this show <laughs> <laughs> we are firing on all cylinders here um we're just trying to provide a little something for everyone we are. We're having fun, damn it. We're, so, we're having a good time. So enjoy it. Enjoy it, you ingrates. Um, yeah, the, the the DC Rebirth bat symbol is that bat symbol with the the yellow around the, the black symbol on the gray suit, too. 
I, I really enjoy that symbol. For me, that's a that's a really good representation of of the yeah, bad symbol. Yeah, it, it just pays some wonderful tribute to the past. I feel. Yeah, I do too. I do too. So, what is your like? If you had to say, I know we've talked a lot about a different story arcs, right? Um, is there one that jumps out at you as like definitively ba- or, or weirdly Batman or something that we haven't considered um, that we, that, do, that does a decent job of explaining Batman? I know that's a weird question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I'm not even sure what the hell you just asked. <laughs> do you like what what Batman do you like? <laughs> <laughs> I I will say in defense of Frank Miller, his when they gave him the reins of Batman Year One, he did that justice. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. What I liked about it is he gave you a starting Batman who was vulnerable. Because Bruce Wayne goes out all pissed and vinegar and bat ears and gets the living crap beat out of him, trying to stop petty thieves. Yeah. They are kicking the bejesus out of him, and he finally gets the upper hand. That, you know, as I'm ticking off the things that were brilliant, that is one of them. Uh, Another was the CD detective, uh, who was sort of the pre-Michael Chiklis uh, shield. <laughs> yes. And uh, he, uh, there's a thing where he's complaining to his CO about this Batman coming along and, and you know, he's in, in deep undercover and Batman comes and spoils the whole deal by whopping down on the, uh, the bad guys. And, throwing uh, little batarang things that temporarily paralyze him. And and then he's complaining, he singled me out. <laughs> and he just basically waylays this guy. And what I love about that is he knew that this was not a criminal. This was a crooked cop. Okay. And he was sending a message. Right. And I thought that's such a clever way to say something without saying is that Batman was not really that subtly, but nonetheless telling him, you know, I've got your number. I'm really glad we're getting a chance to talk about uh, Batman again. It's been a while since we've yes. talked about Batman. I'm, I'm glad we're getting the opportunity to to talk about uh, some of the things that, that define Batman for us, because I think it's different for, I think it's different for everybody. Oh, yes, I think we all have our own Batman. Yeah. And that's why most people don't use the term the Batman. Because it's more of a Batman. Nice. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I did want to talk about... You see him swing by, you go, hey, Batman. I did want to talk about um, a bad rap rap Batman book. Okay? Um, That's what I'm going to call it. The bad rap Batman book. Um, Do you remember uh, Batman Damned? It rings familiar. I don't think I ever... uh... So, Batman Damned was the one where you got to see... uh, Where you got to see Batman's... um, Bat, uh, Batwang. You remember that one? Where everybody was oh. so up in arms about Batman's goddamn cold. <laughs> tell me I can buy that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even want to tell you. <laughs> tell me I can I buy just that. I sent Andy a picture from Pinterest. Where the, <laughs> the, the bat horns were literally, it, it's like a wildebeest or something. <laughs> it, it's like an, 
Arabian Oryx and Batman had a baby. I was going to say, I, I didn't know what to call it. I know you would have caught up with me, but Oryx is exactly what I was looking yeah. for. Um, <laughs> I don't think they understand. And they're, and they're coming out of not the sides in the sort of ear-like area of <laughs> the skull head, but straight out of the top. Mm-hmm. Like right out of the top of the head. Um, like some sort of like deep jungle undulate that has <laughs> giant horns. It's like it's like uh, Tim Curry from Legend. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I wanted to say because we got to start wrapping this up. But I want I did want to give this uh, give put this out there that if if you were turned off by the idea of Batman's Wang in a comic. Um, go back and give Batman Damned a shot because it's it's a loose sequel to. Uh, do you remember the graphic novel Joker? I don't think I saw was, that one either. I, I'm afraid. I'm. I'm uh... This Joker was uh, Azarello in uh, Bermejo, um, and it was a while ago. But uh, Damned is sort of a loose sequel to that, where it's basically uh, Faust but Batman. Okay, where, where he dies, um, and the entire book takes place in the in the blink of an eye, like like his out of body experience. His you know it, it it happens in that moment of of between death and life, where he goes to what is essentially the underworld, and um, has some really great uh, Etrig and the Demon stuff in it. Has some really great uh, Dead Man. Um, Am I saying John Constantine was in that as well? John Constantine, like all the magic based kind of the people, you know, the the five people you'll meet in hell um, were there. <laughs> and uh, it's just about him you know, coming to terms with this and coming to terms with his death and and all of the things that, that he wasn't able to do. And then, you know, the end of the book is, is you know, somebody, you know. CPRing him back to life essentially or something like that but he experiences yeah. all of this it's a great book um the art is stunning and and it's it's a fun book to read so and I think if you have a problem with conceptually uh, Bruce Wayne being possessed of a penis then you really need to just get in touch with your uh, your kind of your um oh the uh who am I thinking of the your inner Drax <laughs> And just don't have these hang-ups. By the way, we about, need to... You know, about Ego having a penis. We need to... Um, a damn fine one. A damn fine. We need to uh, put this... Remember Batman Damned for Antique Controversy? Because that lasted all of about a week and a half. That people were real upset that Batman's wiener well, was... And, and Oscar Mayer Batman was when... Uh... <laughs> Oh god damn it. <laughs> oh wow, it uh it's not that old really, I guess. What's that? Concluded in June twenty nineteen. Batman damned? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not old. No, so it it's actually rather relatively fresh controversy, so I can't add it to my collection. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sure that we'll be able to find you, enough. You know me in the antique controversy, I just I uh, do. All right, so what are your final thoughts on this? We got to wrap this up. So, what do you what do you want to talk about, Batman? You got any last As Batman to wrap thoughts? Up, uh, let's let's go into some uh, some muddy waters here. Oh, 
who is your definitive movie Batman? See, that's even harder than finding your definitive Bond. Mm-hmm. I mean, so if I'm if I'm looking for the, my definitive Batman, will be Michael Keaton. Um, it has to. It, it for me that has to be it. That's the that's the uh, Denny O'Neill. Um, that's that's the Denny O'Neill. Uh, Neil Adams Batman for me. Yeah. Like that's that's what that embodies. Like it's sort of goofy, kind of dark. Um, that's that's what that is. Um, doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. Doesn't have to make a lot of sense. It's just realistic enough. Well, I think when you get down to it, every single movie incarnation, straight up to Pattinson, which we have yet to uh, see by way of confirmation, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, you're right. But I, I mean, Dolan, God bless him, did his dead level best to inject the real world into Gotham City, into right. the Batman mythos, but none of it makes damn sense. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stand by that. I'm with you on that. Um, but as far as be- what I consider best Batman, like Batman taken from page, put on screen, just the way, it, the way he looks, the way he sounds, you know, honestly, Ben Affleck, I know it's a, I know it's a hot take, but I really liked Ben Affleck's Batman. Um, you know, uh, I have to say that Affleck gave us the best dichotomy. Right. He gave us a Batman that didn't forget Bruce Wayne. Right. And I think he played and both oftentimes parts that, really yeah, well. that Bruce Wayne gets lost somewhere in the shuffle because we're we're so hell bent to get to Batman. And I I bring that up because this is something I will always struggle with. Uh pretty sure no matter how good the Batman is, Pattinson will not be in the running. Okay. Because it looks like Ed, Edward Scissorbat. <laughs> We're going to give him a shot. Yeah, We're I'm going to... I saw Catherine and I watched the trailer, and I am intrigued, admittedly. I, uh, if, if they do a good year one Batman, Batman, I'm intrigued. Yeah. But I just... I'm having a hard time seeing Batman. This is the, the hardest time I've had seeing a, the Batman in their Bruce Wayne. That being said, um, we're going to uh, – I, I really do struggle with which is my definitive Batman, and there's a dichotomy there because for me, uh, George Clooney will always be the best-looking Batman. <laughs> okay. In costume, on screen, he looks more like Batman than Batman. So in, in that sense, becomes a very definitive visual Batman. Okay. Um, I still will always have a particular fondness for Keaton as Batman because he, among other things, I think he will always benefit from having changed a lot of minds. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, We didn't have the benefit of the Internet the way we do today to really just flame Keaton out of existence. You know, he didn't suffer a uh, an episode seven rose Oh, God. Yeah, okay. Or eight rows, whatever that was. Um, but he he would have. Um, I think, you know, I remember back in the day, you know, you just had to, to write letters to 5,000 <laughs> people and tell them 
what the hell? When did, uh, you know, uh, uh, who am I thinking of? Uh, not Stacy Keach. Uh, <laughs> from uh, Airplane, the doctor. Um, I don't care. It could be Stacy yeah. Keach. Stacy <laughs> Keach. Uh, w- when did Leslie Nielsen all of a sudden decide he was funny? <laughs> it's like right after Day of the Animals, he just turns his back on drama. <laughs> he needs to remember who he is. And then you would send that out to uh, people, and then they would send you get flamed out when someone would send you a letter laced with phosphorus. Right. You would you would send a hundred letters to Starlog. <laughs> right. But you know, in all seriousness, I, I think Keaton has this endearing quality as Batman because he forced us to change our mind about Keaton as Batman. Well, he forced us to change our mind about Batman. That's so true. Because up to that point, the last realization of Batman, the last real realization of a a person in a Batman suit was Adam West. And, you know, it was awesome, but it was also, you know, goofy and played for laughs. And, you know, this movie wasn't that. Exactly. I think he had the hardest role as a as a, a Batman trailblazer that any of us have had, that any of them have had, because you had to convince somebody that this is what Batman was like, and you know this wasn't the days when everybody was reading comic books. You know, Batman had changed dramatically since you know sixty eight, sixty nine, up to eighty nine, and and. Somebody had to be the the torchbearer for that, and it ended up being Tim Burton and Michael Keaton, and goddammit, they'll always have a special place (laughs) in my heart for that. There we go. And I think that that is really what this episode was all about, is, you know, how, how and where do you arrive at Batman, and how we all have our Batman. Yes. At the end of the day. That's it. Um, We're going to have the Batmans that we love. We're going to have the Batmans that we hate. (laughs) <laughs> we are. We're going to have Batmans with three-foot horns growing right out of the center of the head. <laughs> right. It's like a binocorn. <laughs> it looks like a baby pterodactyl eating. Oh, it does. That's what it is. It's like Edward Scissorhead. <laughs> All right. Plug us up. We can get out of here on Edward Scissorhead, I think. I think we did it. Okay, absolutely. I think we did it. Finally, we got there. Bookended yeah, this with right. great puns. Exactly. So, uh, we're, this is, of course, uh, Payheads Comics, which will uh, soon be restored on the Jedi Cole universe at JediCole.com, as well as uh, EdwardScissorhead.com. Uh, Need to look into that one. Uh, no, actually, on second thought, don't do that. That yeah, could that's be, a bad could, idea. That could be Urban Dictionary I've territory. Seen, I've seen seven. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, but uh, we are. Uh, you can write to us at jcmail at yahoo dot com, and um, be sure and check out. Uh, in alternating weeks with this very show, we've got a brand new show with Andy and myself called All the Toys, and we've got two episodes done and more on the way. We've got some great topics. We're basically doing a lot of what we do with this show, as far or you know, with toys as our theme and starting to look at different aspects of toys as well as, you know, sometimes we will delve very deeply into various toy lines. But uh, we also want to take some different approaches to exploring 
what we love about toys, what kinds of what the industry's like, what different genres of toys and stuff like that, uh, which uh, bookends nicely to my monthly podcast at DallasOnAir.com on the third Sunday of every month from 9.30 to 10.30 a.m. Isle of Toys, A-I-S-L-E, uh, is uh, part of the uh, Sunday lineup for Dallas on Air. I'm really proud to be part of that. Streaming live uh, video feed from downtown Dallas. And on the first and third Sundays of every month from 10.30 to 11.30 a.m., usually, uh, we have the Rant Corps Pit live with myself and the incredible Eddie Medina, who uh, we just talk up all manner of things to do with the Star Wars. Um, I'll tell you, dude, I, um, all the toys has been incredibly fun. Um, if you didn't listen to the last, uh, the last episode, we talked about just different scales of toys which you think would be incredibly boring, and it is not. <laughs> no, there was more content than we ever imagined. Yeah. And it's going to spin off several future episodes. <laughs> of course it will. Um, Cole, thank you for going on this uh, un- unplanned Batman journey with me. I was just, I've been thinking, you know, was, I saw a lot of news articles, you know, a lot of people talking about Batman. It was Batman Day. And I was, it had been a while since we had, you know, delved into our favorite topic which is batman um and uh i just i i just got a hankering it's like fourth meal got a hankering for the batman so thank you for going on the batman oh absolutely because this is like you know we've been without batman for so long it's like when you haven't been to fazoli's (laughs) and you just ever ever and you need a meatball da vinci is that are you looking at a menu Uh, no or a (laughs) Is there a meatball da Vinci? Or a kid's fettuccine. Do you know what's funny is, uh, uh, I think Angelo D'Angelo went to oh. uh, school with meatball da Vinci. Hi, Danny went to school with meatball da Vinci. What a knucklehead. Damn it. All right. Say goodnight. Trouble. Good night, everybody. From good Angelo D'Angelo. Oh, oh, he's here. He's going to give you the old knuckle duster. I, I tell you, I'm tough, but I'm fair, you know. Yeah. <laughs>